everybody. My name is Chad, founder of ConformToJesus.com, where the mission and goal is to help Christians share the gospel and strengthen their faith through Bible commentary, devotionals, theology, and poetry for the glory of God. To read my articles, you can visit my website at ConformToJesus.com. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. In today's episode, I'm going to be going through the modern Bible commentary on Romans chapter 5 using the World English Bible, because the World English Bible came about in order to provide a complete translation of the Bible in modern English, and they can provide you with unrestricted free posting on the internet and also be freely copied without written permission from the publisher and payment of royalties. What a huge blessing that is to be able to share God's word for free. Let us now begin in Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 3. Being therefore justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have also have access by faith into his grace into which we stand. We rejoice in hope of the glory of God, not only this, but we also rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces perseverance. The Apostle Paul has spent the previous chapters carefully arguing in favor of justification by faith. While the former Pharisee makes it clear our justification is not by the works of the law, but by faith, he also upholds the law and values its eternal significance. From this point forward, Paul will inform believers the practical benefits of justification by faith. First, it's important to understand the legal definition of justification. It refers to the action of showing something to be right or reasonable. In theology, this term is used to declare or make someone righteous in the sight of God. So when a person accepts the gospel of reconciliation by faith, they will be declared righteous. Romans 10.9 summarizes this important concept. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with your heart you believe and are justified, and with your mouth you confessed and are saved. When a believer is justified by faith, the first benefit of this decision is the receiving of peace through the power of the Holy Spirit. This means that there is no longer war or enmity between God and the individual. Colossians chapter 1 verse 20 reaffirms this truth. Having made peace through the blood of his cross, through him I say, whether things on earth or things in heaven. Also, Paul addresses this concept of peace with God by faith in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 15. By abolishing in his flesh the enmity, which is the law of commandments, contained in ordinances, so that in himself he might make the two into one new man, thus establishing peace. So scripture makes it clear that our faith makes peace with God. This peace is also correlated with grace. Grace is undeserved mercy that God gave to believers in exchange for faith. I believe this pardoning contributes to the peace Christians now receive, since there is no longer any condemnation for those who are in Christ. Moreover, Paul uses the word stand, which in the Greek, estekomen, meaning standing firm. Therefore, believers can have confidence that their peace and grace are secured by faith. And this truth 
causes us to boast, not in our own achievements or abilities, but solely in the glory of God. Let us read now Romans chapter 5, verses 4 through 5. In perseverance, proven character, proven character, hope, and hope does not disappoint us because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who is given to us. In the original translation, Paul uses the Greek word for glory. This doesn't mean believers delight in suffering. Rather, Paul is illustrating to his readers that we should rejoice or exalt God in our sufferings. Then he mentions that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance produces character, and character results in stronger hope. This comment parallels with James chapter 1, verse 2, where the Lord's brother said, Consider it pure joy, brothers, when you go through sufferings, because the testing of your faith will result in perseverance. I am sure the Gentile believers are experiencing much persecution in the same way Paul was. As an apostle and leader, he is trying to encourage, implore, and motivate them to stay strong in the faith. He tells them that hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out through the Holy Spirit. Imagine being persecuted by Roman pagans and soldiers who have the authority to put you in prison. They are telling you to bow down to their gods and to stop worshiping this Jesus of Nazareth. I might hypothesize that these believers were being put to shame and being ridiculed for their testimony of faith. However, Paul's goal was to bring remembrance, the hope and love they have in God through this epistle, to remember the day of Pentecost when God poured out his Holy Spirit in the midst of great trials, Acts chapter 2. This is the type of shepherding that heart pastors must have in order to strengthen like-minded believers when the world is mocking them. Let us now read Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 8. For while we were yet weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will hardly die for a righteous man, yet perhaps for a good person some would even dare to die. But God commends his own love towards us in that, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. What a monumental passage. First, God's word proves that the Messiah was God's plan from the very beginning. This was the right time, the exact time, the proper time for Jesus to enter the world. Isaiah 53 and many other passages predict the suffering servant who would be bruised for the transgressions of the world. Here, Paul shows the redeemed were powerless. Those who had been saved, justified, and sanctified rely completely on the power of God through the atonement at Calvary 2,000 years ago. Amazingly, Jesus died for the ungodly. When the people were yelling, crucify him, he said back, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. This unconditional love is not possible in humanity. This love is beyond our sinful nature. It is the type of love that only God can bestow because he is perfect in his nature. As stated, it's even rare for a good person to die for a righteous man, let alone a wicked person. But God demonstrates his steadfast love that while we're all yet still sinners, Christ died for us. Let us now read Romans chapter 5 verses 9 through 11. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we will be saved from God's wrath through him. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we will be saved by his life. Not only so, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. 
While Paul has mentioned justification by faith, here he transitions into being justified by the blood of Christ. Leviticus chapter 17 verse 11 says, For the life of the flesh is in the blood. Therefore, our life literally is found in the sacrifice of Christ. And this is a powerful reminder to us that God truly sent his son to die on our behalf. And when we put our faith in this pure, unadulterated atonement, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world, we will be saved. Just think about God's wrath for a moment. Jesus was the propitiator of our sins. He had to take the full weight of God's fury because God still has to uphold his justice and his justice demands penalty for sin. All of us should be broken and humbled by what Jesus did for us. It's beyond remarkable and it's truly the only act that deserves all our praise and worship for eternity. The apostle continues to comfort the believer with the assurance they have in Christ. For instance, he says that if God reconciled us when we were yet his enemies, how much more will the saints be reconciled as friends? For Jesus told his disciples in John chapter 15 verse 14, You are my friends if you do what I command you. When Paul mentions reconciliation, he uses an aorist participle in the Greek, denoting not time of action nor as an existing result, but as a simple fact. It is a matter of fact that those who trust in Jesus by faith have been reconciled to the Father. And this should give us assurance and hope that nothing will ever be able to separate us from the love of God, according to Romans 8, 38-39. Now let us read Romans chapter 5, verses 12. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin, and in this way death came to all people because all had sinned. Here Paul talks about original sin. All of us received the inheritance of sin from the fall of man in the Garden of Eden. Some theologians argue we are born with a propensity towards sin, while others argue that we were born with the sin nature intact. Whatever position you take, the end result is the same, that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So reconciliation, therefore, is necessary through the atonement of Christ for one to be justified and fully made righteous. As you can see, death is a result of sin and inevitable for every human until Jesus returns to judge the living and the dead. Regardless, God promises that those who put their faith and trust will be raised to newness of life. Philippians chapter 3 verse 21 says that in heaven Christ will transform our lowly bodies so that we will be given this glorious body. The perishable will take on the imperishable. This promise of eternal life is the hope we have in Christ. Let us now read Romans chapter 5 verses 13 through 14. For until the law, sin was in the world. But sin is not charged when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam until Moses, even over those whose sins were not like Adam's disobedience, who is a foreshadowing of him who was to come. This statement indicates that sin in the world before the law was ever given. Even though sin is not charged against anyone where there is no law, we were all still infected by it as a result of Adam's transgressions. In other words, the law was too late to prevent sin and death, and it is not able to save us from sin and death, only the righteousness of Christ. And this passage proves that humanity was under sin before the law was given, as Scripture teaches that His invisible attributes are clearly seen in nature. The law is written on our hearts. Because we are created in the image of God, we intuitively know right from wrong. The law only confirms this truth. Paul here presents Adam as a type or representation of Jesus. 
While both of them were sinless from the beginning, they chose different paths. Adam chose to rebel against God and allowed sin to enter into the world. Jesus chose to perfectly obey God and allowed sin to be eradicated when he became our representative on the cross. Let us now read Romans chapter 5 verses 15 through 17. But the free gift isn't like the trespass, for if by the trespass of the one the many died, much more did the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abound to the many. The gift is not as through one who sinned, for the judgment came by one to condemnation, but the free gift came of many trespasses to justification. For if by the trespasses of the one death reigned through the one, so much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Here Paul spends a large portion of this section focusing on how much more God's grace overcomes the trespasses that occurred with Adam. In other words, even though judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation to the world, the gift of God's Son brought justification to many. It's fair to say that God triumphs over evil here. Did sin enter the world? Yes. Did sin corrupt mankind? Yes. Is this the end of the story? No. While the serpent bruised the heel of the woman, Jesus crushed the head of the serpent at Calvary. Satan's plan was thwarted from the brilliance of God. Love conquered hate. Grace conquered evil. God is victorious and will reign indefinitely. Let us read now Romans chapter 5, verses 18 through 19. So then, as through one trespass all men were condemned, even so through one act of righteousness all men will be justified to life. For as through the one man's disobedience many were made sinners, even though even so through the obedience of the one many will be made righteous. The law came in that the trespass might abound. Paul continues to build his case concerning the triumph of God's grace. He uses the, the Greek word for trespass, which means a trespass or offense by all. This trespass did result in condemnation, and the world stands guilty. However, the one righteous act will result in justification and life for all people. When God sent his son Jesus in time and space to die in Jerusalem 2,000 years ago, this shifted the tone from condemnation to justification. While disobedience through Adam resulted in a world full of sin, the obedience of Jesus will be able to make all who trust in him righteous again. It truly is unfortunate that people refuse to accept the free gift of eternal life. I don't think the unbeliever understands the significance of the relentless love God demonstrated by his son. It's sad that people will perish simply by refusing to accept this gift. They would rather hold on to their sin than give it up and conform to Jesus. Let's continue to pray like Jesus, not willing that any perish, but all come to repentance. Now let us read the last two verses in Romans chapter 5, verses 20 through 21. The law came in that the trespass might abound, but where sin abounded, grace abounded more exceedingly. That as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus our Lord. Paul concludes this chapter with stating how the law was brought in so that the trespass might increase. What exactly does he mean here? Galatians 3.19 gives a more detailed explanation. Why then was the law given at all? It was added because of transgressions until the seed to whom the promise referred had come. The law was given through angels and entrusted to a mediator. 
In other words, the law was brought in to make it clear that humanity broke God's law. Because of our transgressions, it became evident that we needed something to save us from the demands of the law. Then the law pointed us to the seed, the Messiah, who would take away our sins. Where sin increased, God increased more. The law showed that we broke it. The law clearly condemned us, but the law was good because it pointed us to grace. Grace increased all the more to assure us that salvation is found not by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast today in Romans chapter 5. Please join me next time as we go through the modern Bible commentary in Romans chapter 6. Have a good day. Bye-bye.